Make sure you're subscribed to Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Yeah, the new gender order speaks to a kind of queered manhood and queered womanhood. And really, it all kind of blends down into one androgynous gender smoothie. The majority of women who are post-abortive say that they would have kept their child had they had the emotional and financial resources to do so. So we need to speak to her and we need to support her. It's really become a cacophony of bizarreness within evangelicalism in the NAR as they try to out-Jewish each other in kind of resurrecting and trying to smuggle in to Christianity practices that are Jewish. See, the Creator has established an order, and it's our job to honor it. So the pastor stands in the stead of the head. The head is male. This is not because we're anti-woman. It's because we're pro-Christ. Farmers in South Dakota listen to issues, etc., while combining our corn and feeding the world. One senator is standing athwart history saying no. Senator Tommy Tuberville. He is holding up group advancement for the Department of Defense because, because the Department of Defense seems hell-bent on subsidizing abortion, especially after the fall of Roe v. Wade. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Live on this Friday afternoon, October the 6th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Elaine Donnelly of the Center for Military Readiness joins us to talk about the Department of Defense funding for abortion. We'll spend some time after that with Pastor Jonathan Connor. Our series, Kids Have Questions. Today we'll talk about God's daily duties, aliens, sports, and cell phones. Then it's This Week in Pop Christianity with Pastor Chris Rosebro. We'll discuss Patricia King's claim that God is raising up millionaires and even billionaires. Elaine Donnelly is founder and president of the Center for Military Readiness. She formerly served on the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services and on the Presidential Commission on Assignment of Women in the Armed Forces. She's author of a recent column for The Federalist titled, If the DOD Gets Away with Funding Abortions, It Won't Stop There. Elaine, welcome back. Hi, nice to talk with you, Todd. So why is Senator Tommy Tuberville, why is he refusing to allow group confirmations for Department of Defense personnel promotions? Well, it's rare that you see someone in Washington, D.C., a lawmaker, standing. He's not alone, but he is standing as the most prominent member of the Senate, uh, who has put a hold on the confirmation of promotions and people's, uh, well, being accepted in the military at certain high levels, but not individual uh, nominations, only the group ones that go through like a rubber stamp. Individual nominations have been confirmed, including the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, a controversial nomination right there. But the Pentagon is being adamant about their position that came about after the Supreme Court repealed Roe v. Wade, the precedent Roe v. Wade having to do with abortion. Now, what they said was, well, if a woman is in a or on a military base in a state that does not allow abortions and she wants to go to a state where they are legal, 
then the Department of Defense will pay travel expenses, including hotel overnight, time off without being charged against time off register for that person. It's a very generous subsidy. Is it doing the abortion itself? No. An opinion came out and said, well, they're not actually doing abortions. But when you're subsidizing travel to get an abortion across state lines, this is extremely controversial, and it is contrary to the intent of Congress. So here you have a senator saying, uh, the DOD, I don't approve. I'm going to use the rules that are there and have been used many times by Democrats primarily to say, uh, we don't agree with this policy, and we're not going to confirm any nominations until you change it. So the ball is in the court of the Secretary of Defense, but Senator Tuberville is standing strong. This has been going on since last February. So what has been the reaction of many military leaders to the senator's action? Well, the civilian leaders of the armed forces, their heads are exploding. These are, of course, Biden appointees, Secretary of the Army, the Navy, the Air Force. They've been out giving national interviews, accusing Senator Tuberville of being unpatriotic, even in league with communists. We had Frank Kendall, the Secretary of the Air Force, complaining that, oh, there was a Chinese colonel that disapproved of our democracy because of Senator Tuberville. Well, excuse me, who cares what a Chinese colonel thinks in China? Babies are killed before and after birth on a routine basis by the hundreds, thousands. So here we have the civilian leaders of the military taking on an elected leader of the Senate who is using properly the procedures of the Senate. This is a way that you have checks and balances so that the executive branch doesn't get to go off and make policy on their own the way the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, has done. So it's a check and it's a balance on misuse of that power. And Senator Tuberville, I mean, he's been gaining a lot of support from individuals, organizations, and other members of of both the House and Senate. But he's under enormous pressure to give in on this, and we hope that he won't. And one of the reasons is, if the Pentagon gets away with this kind of a subsidy, it's not going to stop there, because there are other policies, such as transgender treatments, that is, the attempts to change a person's sex, even though that's impossible, by getting treatments, surgeries or hormones, things like that. If people are in a state where those are not allowed, especially for children, if they demand travel expenses to go to another state where they are legal, my guess is, in fact, it's a very informed guess because the Pentagon's already doing it, Pentagon will say, we're going to follow through on the precedent set with abortion, and we will make that travel possible, we'll give time off at enormous expense and involving children as well. So I'm concerned about the abortion issue, but also concerned about the precedent that it sets when the Secretary of Defense makes policy over the objection and the law that already is in existence that was signed by Congress. So tell us a little bit more about last year's memo from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on military members seeking abortions. Well, it was dated October 20 of last year, And it said that because of the Supreme Court decision, he claimed without any evidence that this would have a huge impact on readiness, that a lot of people would be involved since we have a lot of women in the military. He just sort of assumes all the women in the military are just dying to have abortions and to travel across state lines. Based on this unsupported premise, 
he came up with this, I'll call it a scheme, because it hasn't been voted on or approved by Congress, to give generous time off and travel expenses to people to go to another state to get an abortion. So um, Senator Tuberville, he warned the Secretary of Defense, if you do this, I'm going to put holds on all of the nominees from Department of Defense if you retain that policy. Well, he did go ahead with that policy, and he has been sticking with it. All the pressure is on Senator Tuberville, but really the pressure should be on the Secretary of Defense. He's created the problem in the first place. Does preventing government subsidies for abortion harm national security, as some have claimed? No, because uh, according to a recent article in Politico, a small number of women have sought abortions across state lines, and Senator Tuberville wrote a letter to the Secretary of Defense because he was reliably informed that the small number was 12 or less. Uh, This is hardly the kind of a problem that would interfere in a great way with military readiness. But it certainly is a principle. Again, it would be many more people than just 12 seeking abortions across state lines. If the Department of Defense has the opportunity and nobody stands in the way and there's no legislation in the way to subsidize other kinds of controversial medical procedures, such as so-called gender-affirming care. Well, it's not gender-affirming care. It's an attempt to change someone's biological sex, sex sex-denying care. But this Pentagon is very committed to this agenda. The um, transgender policy for the Biden administration, we analyzed it in uh, February of this year. It takes what was in place under Barack Obama to even greater extremes. Once a person is designated as having changed their gender identity, gender, again, is not the same as biological sex. Once a bureaucrat, it's called DEERS, that's an acronym, Defense Enrollment Eligibility Record, something like that. Once DEERS says that a man is a woman, then that person has access to women's private facilities, including showers and private quarters. We already know that this is happening. It was put on the record by Senator Mike Rounds at a recent hearing, and we know that this is what the policy mandates. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It says it several times. If a person's sexual identity or gender identity is changed, they will use the facilities that are consistent with that gender. So I suspect there are a lot of problems going on behind the scenes, but the policy also says that no one can discuss problems with the transgender policy unless they get approval from the very highest level of the Pentagon. So you wonder, will there be whistleblowers or enterprising reporters to go into the Pentagon, to go into military bases and find out what's going on? I'm getting a lot of reports that we have biological men in the private showers and areas used by women. And uh, it's just like in the civilian world, in the swimming world, these kinds of issues are extremely controversial. And the Pentagon is taking sides. They are on the woke side. Woke policies take progressivism to extremes, imposes them with coercion, even if it hurts the institution. Now, that's the definition of wokeism. It's not that hard to understand, is it? And it applies to a lot of different issues, not just the gender issues. It can be climate change. It can be mandates having to do with uh, emissions, gasoline emissions. There's an, a whole range of issues that the Pentagon has gone on the woke side of the street 
And they're imposing these policies even if it hurts the military. That's the kind of thing that we're dealing with right now, and that's what Congress needs to deal with. The question comes then, what can be done about this impasse? Well, there's several things that can and should be done. Number one, Senator Tuberville should stand firm. There's no reason why he should change his policy. He didn't cause the problem in the first place. Secondly, the members of Congress should pass as part of the defense bill several measures. There's one that says that um, there cannot be travel expenses covered by Department of Defense. It would solve that issue right there. And then there's two more that have to do with the use of defense dollars for so-called gender-affirming treatments, medical treatments, for adults and for children. There's a program called the Exceptional Family Member Program. It's for kids who have special needs, autism, for instance. Their parents have to have specialized medical care for their children. It affects deployments, whether they can deploy or not. And it's a special program. It's called EFMP. That's the acronym. According to the Daily Caller, Department of Defense is already allowing these funds to be used for children who are confused. And most children, if they're confused about gender identity, they pretty much outgrow it before they reach puberty or afterwards shortly. But the use of these funds, there's nothing standing in the way. That's why Congress needs to pass a law and say this law will now stand in the way. That's what we're coming down to. Congress is pushing back. That's the good news. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen next in the House and where things will go with the defense bill. But there's a lot of good measures in there that are pending. They're going into a conference committee in the coming months and weeks. We don't know exactly when they will make the major decisions, but it'll be sometime before the end of the year. That's all we know. So it sounds like the DOD is already in some around-about way using funds to pay for gender transition procedures. Yes. According to the Daily Caller, they already are. And if you look at the policy of the Department of Defense with regard to treatments for people who have gender dysphoria or who want to change their gender identity, you can see that if you really consider this to be a civil right, and they do, just like abortion, they will spare no expense and time off. It was done even under the Obama administration. In fact, according to a report that was done under Donald Trump when he became president, he set up a panel of experts, and they looked at there were about 954 personnel who had come out as um, having gender dysphoria or being transgender, and they found that their medical expenses increased 300%. And the expenses for travel to get specialized transgender surgeries and the like, it was cutting into maintenance and operational expenses. So again, I think we're going to see more of that, even though the General Accounting Office just came out with a report talking about shabby conditions in barracks, uh, in all branches of the service in quite a few places. They need to deal with that problem. But it looks like the DOD is so committed to this woke agenda, they'll spend any amount of money to make sure that's covered, but other things are not being taken care of, and it's really a scandal. In a nutshell, what does Congress need to do? Well, again, Congress needs to get behind those provisions that are already in the House version of the National Defense Authorization Act 
for 2024, the defense bill. It's an authorization act. So people who are concerned about it should let their member of Congress know that those provisions are important. I can tell you that all the liberal groups are screaming about them and making demands that every one of the good amendments be taken out. We hope that won't happen. If your listeners are interested, you can go to my webpage, www.cmrlink.org. Look under CMRE Notes, and you'll see there's a a list of all the good amendments, the ones that are being targeted by the left side of the spectrum. And people just need to say to the members of Congress, especially those that are on the Armed Services Committees, stand firm and don't let wokeism in the military be established as a forever policy under this administration. Congress gets to make policy for the military, not the president, not the courts. It's Congress it has that responsibility under the Constitution. But they need to step up. They need to use the power of the Constitution and the power of the purse. They need to defund a lot of things, too, critical race theory instructions, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs that discriminate based on factors such as race. This is wrong. There's a whole slew of amendments that address things like unauthorized flags on military bases. We saw a lot of that in the past year, especially during June, the LGBT Pride Month, celebrations waving flags not appropriate for military bases. There's a provision or two in there about drag queens. We don't want drag queens on military bases. Secretary of Defense already agreed with that. Members of Congress are saying, well, let's codify the policy. But guess who's opposing it? The same groups. They want drag queens on military bases. They're quite serious about it because they know that that kind of adult entertainment, especially in the presence of children, is not appropriate. And it does weaken discipline. It does make our military something other than what it needs to be. Even though the Republicans don't have a majority on the Senate side and a very narrow one on the House side, as you know, They can do a lot. Not all of these amendments are likely to get into the final bill, but there's quite a few of them. We hope that most of them will get enacted in law. And if they're not done this year, then they need to be taken up next year and certainly by the next president of the United States, whoever that might be. Elaine Donnelly is founder and president of the Center for Military Readiness. She formerly served on the Defense Advisory Committee on Women in the Services and on the Presidential Commission on the Assignment of Women in the Armed Forces. She's author of a recent column for The Federalist titled, If the DOD Gets Its Way with Funding Abortions, It Won't Stop There. You'll find a link to the Center for Military Readiness at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Elaine, thank you very much. Well, thank you. When we come back, Pastor Jonathan Connor goes at the kids' questions one more time. We'll be talking about God's daily duties, aliens, sports, and cell phones in part 11 of our series, Kids Have Questions. You can listen to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's voiced by the book's author, Pastor Todd Peppercorn, and includes an introduction voiced by Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to the audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. 
issuesetc.org and enter your email address. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Our church loves and is grateful for those that serve our country. Operation Barnabas, part of Ministry to the Armed Forces, equips you to reach out to veterans in your community to bring Christ to those that served. Call Ministry to the Armed Forces at 314-996-1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. Thank you for your service. Thank you. God bless our military. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. At Memoria Press, the Simply Classical curriculum is specifically designed for students with significant learning challenges. This complete program includes everything you need for a school, self-contained classroom, tutoring, or homeschool to make a classical Christian education accessible for any child. To learn more, visit us at simplyclassical.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Simply Classical, a beautiful education for any child. Join Lutherans for Life and Why for Life in Washington, D.C., Thursday, January 18th through Saturday, January 20th, for the 2024 Why for Life Free Conference. Registration is open through December 15th. Learn more at why4life.org. Great events, speakers, and social time. The 2024 Why for Life Free Conference, January 18th through the 20th in Washington, D.C. Whyforlife.org.